because sometimes church gets discouraged. Sometimes we get disillusioned. Sometimes we get disappointed. But God's shit just keeps on saying. So, now I can preach. Why have I ever preached? Ellen Clarity preached. <laughs> I love L.M. He keeps me on my toes. Today is uh, the last Sunday of my series of five messages on Let Us from the book of Hebrews. And as I have shared each week, I do not want you to forget that this let us in the book of Hebrews is for us. It wasn't just for the Hebrew people of the church of Jerusalem, but it is for us. There are 14 let us statements in Hebrews. I think I notes. put them down in your notes this morning. Chapter 4 says we are to let us enter his rest. Chapter 6 says... Let us press on to maturity. Chapter 10 says, let us enter the holy place. Last week we thought, or the two weeks ago, we talked about chapter 12. Let us lay aside every sin, every hindrance. Today is our last one taken from chapter 12 and 13. And it tells us, instructs us to show gratitude and offer sacrifice of. Now, I want to know if you remember what we sang about this morning. Thank you, Ken. Enter, we are to show gratitude and offer a sacrifice of praise. Well, let me read from Hebrews. Chapter 12, verse 26. I'll be going to verse, 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 uh, chapter 13, verse 15. And his voice shook the earth. But now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but also the heaven. This expression, yet once more, denotes the removing of those things which can be shaken as of created things, so that those things which cannot be shaken may remain. Verse 28. Therefore, since we receive a kingdom which cannot be shaken, let us, can y'all say that with me this morning? I want to say you got the answer. Let us, let us show gratitude by which we may offer to God an acceptable service with reverence and awe. For our God is a consuming fire. Then down to chapter 13, verse 15. Through him, then, let us continually, let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. That is, the fruit of lips that give thanks to his name. I remember it well back in 18, 1989. Y'all can minds can go back that day, can't you? I was getting ready to watch the World Series between the San Francisco Giants and the Oakland Athletics. And something happened—an earthquake, a sizable earthquake—struck San Francisco Bay, and there was devastation. The energy went out of the stadium. The lights were gone. People didn't know. They began running. They didn't know what was going on. There was destruction. There was death. And the interstate from San Francisco to Oakland collapsed with cars on it, killing those in the cars. It was a time of fear because people was not aware of what was going on. They say that the... That the uh, Earthquake lasted only 15 seconds. Because then, back in 1989, $7. billion billion worth of damage. Lives lost. 
Scripture. Isaiah mentions earthquakes as being a form of God's judgment. There was the earthquake on Mount Sinai when God gave Moses his, the Ten Commandments. There was an earthquake on Mount Horeb. There was the, an earthquake during the reign of Uzzah. In the New Testament, we hear the earthquake when Jesus died on the cross in his crucifixion. We also hear, as we read in the scripture, of an earthquake that happened on Easter Sunday during the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Remember how it knocked the soldiers that were guarding the tomb asleep and they didn't know what happened? And then in the early church, we read of Paul and Silas that had been in prison for preaching about Jesus. And in the middle of the night, while they were singing, there is joy in the Lord. I'm sure that's what they were singing. Especially since that song was written about 1900. But anyhow, they were singing praises unto God. Singing about his mercy. Oh, they were singing Amazing Grace. I don't know if it goes back that far. But they were singing Paul and Silas at an earthquake shattered the earth. And what did it do? It opened the jail cells of the prisoners. And they possibly could have escaped. However, Paul and Silas were so full of the joy of the Lord that they, during that time, make a short story short, make a long story short, that's what it is, they led the jailer to the Lord. You see, God uses all different things. He uses the tragedies of life. What? To show us a picture of God. And what he wants to desire. To show his, his uh, majesty and to show his, his, his glory. To show off his creation. As we read here in Hebrews that there is coming a shaking of the earth. A shaking of the earth. And everything's going to fall. It can't be shaken. And what remains is those things that cannot be shaken. That's what I want you to focus on this morning. Are you able to be shaken off of your tree of salvation today? Of your spiritual walk with God? There is a shaking going around us. There's a shaking in our economy. Anybody know that? There's a shaking in the political world. I want you to know that we need each other more than ever before during this shaking this year in the political world. It's not a time of judgment. It's a time of seeking the Lord. It's a time of coming together in God's people, uniting. The financial world I read every day. I have a little thing on my on my computer that the first thing I do is when I get to my computer, I read up on the latest news. And one of the things I've been reading is how the with the economy and the interest rates and all this, how it, in the stock market it goes up and it goes down. Seems like here lately it's been going down, hasn't it? But there's a shaking going on. Nothing is for sure. Do you know we're not guaranteed tomorrow? You see, our lives are all being shaken in many different ways. This morning, I want to talk about some things that cannot be shaken. Cannot be shaken. There are over 500,000 detectable disturbances that occur around the world, even as we speak this morning. Families are being shaken, torn apart. Marriages, many after several decades of marriage, are deciding it's just not worth it. Let's just quit. There's churches that are being shaken. What's around the bend? What's going to take place in the church? Where's the church going to be 10 years from now? Our government leaders sure don't have the answers. Our politicians are arguing, arguing about which way to go. We've seen around the world the terrorism that of those that take life so, uh, so unimportant. That life is nothing. That life is cheap. 
climate change. There's so many things that we can look around our world and say, what in the world is going on? I want to tell you I don't have all the answers. But there are some things that cannot be shaken in our lives that we need to claim to do. The first thing is found in Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. Where God says to the prophet Malachi, I am the Lord. I change not. The nature of God. The nature of who God is. The character. The love. The holiness and perfection of the nature of God. He is all these things. His power and his wisdom. They never change. That wisdom that was offered to Solomon so many years ago is still the wisdom of our God today. His wisdom is strong. His wisdom is pure. His wisdom is right. The nature of God is this, that he is available at all times. He is accessible to you and me. Aren't you glad that he is accessible? You see, God cannot change. God holds no office hours. Did you know that? God doesn't punch a clock whether he's going to be here today or not. And God's love, no matter where we've been or where we're going, God's love is always the same. Always the same for us. God does not change. The nature of God. As we know, as we read the scripture, will not change. And all amongst all this shape, this shaking that's going on, God's nature doesn't change. He's still the same yesterday, today, and forever. The second thing that I see in scriptures found in Psalm 45, 6 is the throne of God. You know. Isaiah chapter 6 describes what the throne of God is like. It was a time that God took Isaiah up in a vision and presented him the throne of God. And there the throne was, was, was the Lord and all of his splendor and the angels. And they were saying, holy, 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 holy is the Lord. The throne of God is always the same. Psalm 45, 6 says this. The nations made an uproar. The kingdoms tottered. He raised his voice, and the earth melted. What can God do? You know, the throne of God symbolizes the power and authority and the leadership. It represents a place of prayer that we as God's people can come boldly together and we can offer praise. Isaiah was confronted. Lord, how should I respond to this? Lord, you show me your glory. You show me your throne. That endures forever. What should I do? And Isaiah responds, oh Lord, send me. Woe is me, I am unclean. Lord, send me. When I was young, I used to like to play baseball. Us kids, we were five of us boys, and we were always playing baseball. In the yard, throwing catch. And there's some things that, 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 that my dad, while we were catching, he'd come and he'd say, Move over here, you're wearing up the grass here. Move over here, you're wearing up the grass here. Someone said, he always got kind of, he, he loved playing ball. He didn't even get out there and play catch with us. But there was one place he didn't want us to play catch, and, and that, was, that was behind the window. And, you know, my brothers, maybe we always thought we were star major league ball players back when and uh, we would we'd never drop the ball. We'd never we'd always catch it. Something happened that day, 
Unshakable kingdom. 
taught us about how to live, how to love, how to give of ourselves, how to serve. Those words that God gave us will never change. There's a lot of conflict in today of, about morality, about what sin is and what sin isn't. Folks, the Word of God tells us what sin is. Read it and pray for the power to live it. The story about a uh, South Sea Islander during World War II that during while the GIs were coming over and fighting in World War II, and this Sea Islander came and, and he proudly displayed a Bible to a GI. And he said, this, this is a present that was given to me from a missionary. And the soldier responded to him and said, son, we've outgrown that. We've outgrown that. To which the islander said, it's a good thing we have it. You would be our every meal if we didn't. The word of God does not change. God's right is always right. And God's wrong is always wrong. I don't care what, how you cover it, how you make it, how you draw it, how you pronounce it. God's word is always right. And the word of God will get us to, through to eternity. There's been many things that are going to be shaped. Shaken today, they will literally be destroyed. Why do people literally hate their own lives today? Because they realize they say, my, my life doesn't count anymore. I've lived my life. I'm in pain. I, I deserve death. And the thing about it is, God is all about life. I said this first time. God is all about life. He's not about death. God don't deal in death. He deals in life. What lives? And he's concerned about life that we live until he calls us home, not someone else calling us home. Hey, folks, I want you to know it's not up to a doctor, it's not up to your husband or wife, it's not up to your child, whether you live or how long you live, it's up to God. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. The Word of God never changes and it cannot be shaken. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18 tells us of another institution that cannot be changed. And that is the church of God. God's church. Now I'm not looking at this as a name that we put over the door of the church. You know, I love the name of the church of God because it tells me I belong to God. It's part of this church. I'm a member of God's church. You know, the, the, if you look at scripture, the church of God is mentioned several times. As Paul addressed his letters, he addressed them to the churches of God. I love the church of God. I love the name. But I want to talk about God's church today. Because I, I, I believe this morning that it doesn't matter what name you have over church. What really matters is that you are a part of the church. Not going to it every once in a while, but going to it every day, being a part of God's church as we walk out of this place where we are the hands and the feet of Jesus. And I want you to know that God's church, just as it was back in Jesus' day, when he said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. God's church can't be shaken. Are you glad you're a part of God's church? I said, are you glad you're a part of God's church? Thank you. God is building his church even today. He's inviting those to become a part of his church. Through salvation. Through his son, Jesus Christ. We can't become a member of God's church by human hands, by anything we've done, unless we boast of anything. But God's church is always going to be. 
Sometimes it has been written off. I heard someone say in the last week or so that, that was talking about some of the small churches around us. They said, by the year 2030, there's going to be a whole lot of churches sold, and they're going to be closed down. I want you to know that God's church cannot be shaken. That God's church will always exist. Why? Because Jesus, who is the cornerstone, will never, never, never go away. There have been those that have tried to eliminate the church. There has been those that have tried to eradicate the church. There has been communism, socialism, secular humanism, cults and religions. Satan himself has tried to destroy the church. And in some cases it looks like he has. Now, I want you to know the church keeps on ticking. And the church keeps on growing because it's made up of God's people that are growing in their relationship with God. The church, God's church, is a living organism that cannot die, that cannot be poisoned, that cannot be buried, that cannot be shuttered. The church is God's body. It's his bride. I think it as I was writing these notes this week. I've been married going on 49 years this year. And I'll tell you what, I would not allow anything to happen to my wife that I would put a stop to. I would I, I love her so much. How much more does God love his church? Love his people. And he will not allow anything to come against us. We are his instrument. The church is his instrument of salvation. It's an instrument of his healing and his reconciliation, fulfilling the ministry of Jesus himself. We, we have a wonderful calling, church. A great calling. We get to participate in the mission of Jesus. As Jesus was here on this earth, and he talked about the kingdom, and how he was building his church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it, we get to be a part and participate in the ministry of Jesus. Because the kingdom of God is right here. It's inside. And I want you to 
kingdom is a spiritual. It is spiritual in nature. It's not something we look for physically. It is spiritual because it's the spiritual that will last through eternity. The physical is often in decay. It's often going to be shaken and done away with. But the spiritual lasts forever. The kingdom is everlasting because its king is the eternal one. Whose kingdom do you belong to this morning? That's a question we need to ask ourselves tomorrow. Where do we belong? Whose kingdom do we belong to? And I'm so glad this morning that I can say that I belong to the everlasting king, the eternal king. I belong to the Lord of Lords, the Savior of all the world. Are you his this morning? Do you belong to his everlasting kingdom? We can belong to a, quote, church. We can belong to a church organization. But it's quite possible you don't belong to God's church. The kingdom that I'm talking about that cannot be shaken is a, a kingdom that is comprised of millions of saints that have gone on before us. Some of them are your relatives. And oh, how you long to see those relatives again. And I want you to know that the kingdom of God, those that have gone before us, that's who comprises up the millions of saints, the angels, all of creation. That's God's kingdom. And it will stand. And nothing can come up against her. Then lastly, the church of God, excuse me, the child of God is all encompassing. It's all-encompassing in heaven, and it's all-encompassing here on earth. I like what Jesus said about the kingdom in Matthew chapter 13. If you look at Matthew 13, you see all kinds of parables where Jesus described what the kingdom is about. I like the one that describes the kingdom as a mustard seed. He says, you look out, you look out, and you see a little tiny mustard seed, the smallest of all seeds. He said, when it grows in the, in the ground and it's fertilized and nurtured like it ought to, it grows and it blossoms into a wonderful, big, huge mustard tree. Lynn and I were over, I think I might have said this before, Lynn and I were over in Israel seven years ago. And when we were there, we were staying in a, in a kibbutz. It was a Kaboots is a, a fellowship of uh, fellow Jewish settlers. Uh, kind of like uh, the one that was attacked on October 7th, that was Kaboots. And Lynn and I were staying in this Kaboots, and we, we, it was really nice. had a motel, and it was provided for by, by the, the local community. And uh, as we woke up, I looked out the window, because we'd been taken there in the evening time, it was dark. But when we woke up the next morning, I looked out the window and there was this big old yellow thing outside our window. And I thought, oh, that is so beautiful. And so I asked my tour guide, I said, hey, what kind of flower was that? He looked at me and he said, you don't know your Bible very good, do you? <laughs> that was embarrassing because this guy had been claimed to be a Christian. He said, that is a mustard. That started off real small. And through the years, even through the storms, and even through the heat and the cold, it still grew. It grew into a wonderful, beautiful flower. I want you to know this morning that we belong to that kingdom that has started so small with the person of Jesus Christ. And as we have fertilized it, and as we put dung around it, and as we watered it, and we get it the proper sunshine, the proper rain, it grows and it grows into a beautiful flower. I believe this morning, church, that as we go through the shakings that is going on around us, let us show gratitude. Let us show gratitude. And let us continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God for that sureness, for that 
steadiness for that strong and mighty foundation who was founded in Jesus Christ our Lord. Don't allow the shakes of life to discourage you, to disarm you, to take you down. But remember whose kingdom you belong to. And because of that, our last let us in this in this series of messages, let us show gratitude. Be people that give gratitude for everything. Be gracious people. And let us always continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God. For he is worthy of our praise. And I want to tell you, the ship just keeps sailing on till it leads to the final destination. And that's to the presence of Lord Father, we thank you for this time that you read in your word about how there's a lot of shaking going on. And Lord, it's not the kind of shaking that Jerry Lee Lewis sang about. But it's the shaking that you have told us would take place in this life. We've seen, Lord, the power of earthquakes. We've seen the different disturbances of things that have taken place, tragedies and Things that have happened to us as mankind, knowing we have a sure foundation, we have a solid rock that we can cling to even during this shaking. And I'm so glad, Father, that, that that rock is Jesus and it's your kingdom that we live and we abide in. It's a kingdom of love and it's a kingdom of peace. It's a kingdom where you are and where you rule and reign. Lord, we get offered gratitude this morning. Thankfulness. Thankful for us for salvation. Thankfulness for your Holy Spirit. Thank you for peace in the midst of our storms. Lord, this morning, if there be someone here that does not find themselves on the ark of safety in a place called Jesus and in his church, Father, would you open up their hearts and their lives? so that they would invite you to come in, so that they, too, can have a solid foundation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Would you stand as we sing this song that we're going to sing, the solid rock? It uh, says everything I'd like to say in this song. On Christ. On Christ. Our hope is built on nothing else. And Jesus' blood and his righteousness. Let us let us get praise to Would you sing this morning? Your
spiritual that Thank you.